up world. It's your pass first point guard and trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of Locked on Podcast Network. Thanks for making this show your first listen every single day. Free on all platforms, five days a week, coming at you every single weekday. Start your day listening to Locked on Blazers, make it your very first listen. Today's show... We're going to do a little exercise talking about swing players on the Blazers roster. We're going to go through three guys who I think will have the, could, their breakout will have the big, biggest potential impact on the Blazers win-loss record. Let's, let's go a little methodology here. Um, this isn't super scientific. <laughs> and I don't pretend it, and I don't pretend that it is, but this, like, the Blazers' best player is Damian Lillard. Uh, his health last year, he wasn't healthy last year, and they stunk. He's going to be the, like, his availability and health is going to be the biggest impact because your best players make the biggest impact. But this isn't sort of best players. This is like assuming all other factors, these guys swing the outcome of this. So I got three names for you. We'll start here with uh, the very first one is Nazir Little. Uh, and I think this is a the like methodology thing should include this also, Kavya, before we get into Nas. I don't... I'm, I'm not going to choose Ant in this one. Ant is not one of the three guys because for a couple reasons. One, I think Ant has a baseline of being relatively productive. And two, the, what the Blazers do best is, they, is they're going to score. Like with Dame on the court, their, their best skill is offense. So if Ant is maybe less than, you know, it isn't as good as he can be, right? Doesn't have the perfect offensive season. They can cover up for his mistakes. His his skill set doesn't, his skill set sort of more coincides with what the team is already good at than some of these other guys. That's why Nas, to me, is one of the three biggest swing players on the roster. Because if Nazir Little is good, if he's there and 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 takes the type of leap we saw Anthony Simons make last season, and he becomes this like six six three and D wing who can shoot it a little bit and guard a bunch of different positions, uh, you know, rebounds really well for his size, it's a game changer. It's the Blazers have won. They've discovered a, a player at a position of need. They've hit on a draft pick. They've got his, you know, they control his rights moving forward. He can be on the team for a long time. Uh, you know, potentially, if you really want to go down this route, could be like a, you know, a, an enticing trade piece if you want to take a bigger swing, or it could just be part of the developmental future. But Nazir Little is a massive, massive swing player because he's a he's a really specific skill set of need, a position of need. If he starts at small forward, which I think he will, like if I had to guess, he will. But we'll we'll get closer to training camp maybe I'll, I'll try to dial it in with asking folks who are who are more in the know than me I am I am uh, I'm a pretty good educated guesser I will brag about that but I this is without doing any uh doing any of the education portion of my guessing I just looking at the roster I think Nas is going to start but if he pops if he's that guy he's everything you you want right like I said, 6'6", six, six, multi-position defender. He can guard threes a little bit, and guard twos a little bit, can guard ones a little bit. The, the right type of power forward is dudes who aren't super bruisers. Nas can guard fine. He, they stuck him on uh, DeMar DeRozan last year, and he he did pretty well in like one, guarding him one-on-one. One of the best one-on-one scorers, one of the best sort of like foul drawers, foul merchants in the league. And it was like, that was Nas' assignment. And if he pops and is that consistently, that is such a huge box for the Blazers to check. Before he got hurt, before he he dislocated or tore labrum in his shoulder, Nas was playing the best basketball of his career, and it was it was not quite all the way there in terms of consistency every night, but it was it was pointing in that direction that this is a useful long term starter in the league and maybe something more. From December twenty seventh to when he got hurt on on January twenty fifth uh, of this season, 
he had 20 points in the game that he tore his labor on, came back even, and was playing so, so, so well, just got tangled up with Carl Anthony Towns, and something weird happened. Uh, but in those 15 games over the course of a month, like right after Christmas until the end of January, Nazir averaged 12.1 points, 6 point, 6.0, 6 rebounds, and 1.6 assists in 30 minutes on 44-37-70 shooting. The 37 is such a key part of this. Uh, that is like a tick above league average. League average the last couple of years has been... Uh, you know, just shy of 36 to just over 37. It's it's kind of uh, there was a the year with no fans really kind of threw off the uh, threw off the shooting. But like right in that range, above 36 percent is like above league average. If Nas was shooting 37 percent on even limited volume as a regular contributor, he's he becomes a three point threat. Um, and even if they don't treat him like a three point shooter, one of the ways you get treated like a three point shooter is bomb away more. Volume is almost better than accuracy, at least according to my friend Kevin Pelton at ESPN, who's kind of he he's made me believe in this. His his writing over the years really made me believe in this. If Nas, you know, isn't being guarded like a three point shooter, but up you know uptick in volume makes him makes teams respects him more, opens up everything. And the other end, he remains a positive defender. Like, he was a pretty good defender last year. Not like, not an ace by any means, and he's still not a great team defender. He's better like ball right in front of him where he can use his length and use his instincts, use his good hands and his athleticism and his strength. Um, I, I think team defense comes. Like, it's 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 really hard to defend in the league and, and more typically, this is like, typically older players are better defenders because they've seen more. Typically more veteran teams are better defensive teams just because you've seen more like you've just you've seen it all in the league you know what to you know how to make these reads and all those things it um it experiences a really big deal on defense and Nas entering year four although he's played uh you know sparingly for just because there wasn't time for him and he's, he's dealt with some health issues pretty much every season on and off uh that stretch though that month those 15 games that's something i don't know if that's like peak nazir like i don't i don't want to say that like his peak is 12 6 and 2 um i think he's better than that and i think he can be better than that but that was like pointing to what the peak sort of version on this type of team would be that was you know two games before dame shut it down and the whole season shifted and norm was hurt and cj was hurt and they were kind of, they were not a very good team but they were better with nas on the court you scale it up and you've got Damon Ant, and they're playing a bunch of minutes. And Nas is like a guy you can pencil in as a plus defender and a competent shooter at small starting a small forward. He opens everything up. He changes the game. He is if he's not the biggest swing player on the roster, for me, he's he's up there. And that's why he's he's first on this list. The second guy on this list is an unknown, the mystery man, Shaden Sharp. If Shaden Sharp is good, if he's even if he's even has to play in his rookie season because he's that good, the Blazers are going to be in a really good spot. He's he's perhaps the biggest swing player on the roster. Let's talk about him in the second segment because Shaden Sharp, his rise in many ways could help dictate what is next for the next iteration of the Blazers. Before we talk more about Shaden, let me talk about Bet Online. It's a fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. they got more lines, more props, more odds than ever before. You want to bet on MLB action? Well, you get the second half of the baseball season. You want to bet on the North American Soccer League's MLS action, NWSL action right there for you. You also got golf, you got tennis, you got combat sports, whatever it is, you'll find it on Bet Online. That's betonline.net where the game starts. Oh! Right, let's keep it rolling. We're talking swing players in today's episode. The players whose uh, whose outcomes or whose performance will most affect the Blazers' outcomes. In many ways, if the 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 point of this exercise is to say, like, well, if this player is really good, it 
massively, it massively raises the ceiling. And if this player isn't that good, it it puts a cap on what they can be while simultaneously lowering the floor. Uh, I think with Shaden Sharp, I think Nazir Little is that, right? Like if, if, if Nazir Little is really, really good, the floor is uh, the floor is pretty darn high, and the ceiling just the ceiling goes through the ceiling goes through the roof. Is that full on MJ? Did I really just do that? Um, I know I'm a tar heel, but come on now, the ceiling remains the roof, et cetera, et cetera. But like the the ceiling is is increasingly just increasingly higher if if Nas pops right. I don't feel the same way with Shaden Sharp. Like like if Nas isn't good, the Blazers' floor is dramatically is dramatically lowered. If be just because they need wings and they need defenders and they're going to count on him for a big minute role. And if he struggles, they're going to struggle. I don't feel the same way about Shane Sharp because if he struggles, you just don't play him. Like it's, it's, they have a, a very simple path to not playing a 19 year old. Um, he's part of a developmental pipeline, right? Like he's, they have him under rookie he's beginning his first year in the league. So he's under team control for at least four seasons. Then he would enter restricted free agency. Like the Blazers have the luxury of being patient and hoping that this guy who they took a pretty big swing on to be a superstar eventually gets to be a superstar. His performance in year one, it doesn't, doesn't, um, won't dictate where, like where they finish if he struggles. If he doesn't play, it's simpler. With Nas, if he's if he's not good, it's harder to not play him. Like you you he just kind of like has to be in part of the rotation. So his he's a bigger swing player for me. Shaden Sharps only swings it one way. If he's a hooper, the pendulum just flies towards that win column and the Blazers are going to be uh fascinatingly good. The like high-end comps for Shaden Sharp are I mean, the highest in cups, like, MJ. Uh, but, like, speaking of the ceiling and the roof. Uh, but, like, uh, Kristen Peake of Yahoo Sports said that Shaden Sharp could be, like, if it all pans out for him and the situation's right, Anthony Edwards with better shooting. Um, Anthony Edwards is like a borderline all-star. Uh, he wasn't a borderline all-star this year, but has potential in year three to be a borderline all-star. If Shaden Sharp is that in year three with a better shot, like, he's... Anthony Edwards looks like he's going to be a star in the league. Ant looks like he's going to be a star in the league. If Shane Sharp is a better version of a star in the league, the Blazers have something very, very special. Like, you know, the the word on Sharp is if he had gone back to school, this is number one pick in the draft type of stuff. But he's a massive mystery. We just haven't seen him play competitive. I've never seen him play competitive basketball. I've seen some clips of him playing competitive high school basketball. But, you know, I saw him play five and a half minutes in summer league, like really up close, like actually watching. Um, and even then, it was on TV because I was not in the building. But, like... We just haven't seen him. I haven't seen him. But in theory, 6'6", with the physical tools to be a good defensive player, although it's really hard to defend on the wing as a young player in this league, and athleticism to get to the rim, athleticism to finish above the rim, pull-up shooting and shot creation ability. Like, he has the superstar stuff. Being able to create your own long-distance jumpers off the dribble is the stuff that superstars do. Like, it's, it doesn't make you a superstar, but it's the thing that superstars do. It's kind of what rectangles and squares type of thing if Shaden Sharp is ready to go and a contributor in year one one I, I I think his path to playing regularly is at the three because I think he plays next to Damon Ant if he's that good uh I think he'll get some chances early to see you know sink or swim type of minutes early to f- figure out what they got and then um, might not play much after that I, I don't I would guess that he's out of the rotation just like generally speaking early on in the season um, with like some spot starts, you know, little little cameos as young players usually get to kind of see if, see if they're ready. But if he's ready, 
Like if, if the cameos turn into a regular role, it the Blazers go from a team that has some intriguing parts to a team that is like has a budding third star, a budding second star, depending on what you how you sort of classify Anthony Simons. Like uh, it's he sharp taking sharp at seven is this is is was the swing for to hit the home run. It was it was. Instead of, I don't know if there was like more sure things on the board. I don't, I don't even think that. But like Jalen Duran looks like a guy who can contribute earlier in year one, right? He looked closer to that in summer league. Shane Sharp didn't play, but contributing earlier in year one is not the goal. The goal is being a star in years two, three, and four, being a future all-star, being like an anchor as someone who's a multi-time all-star type of thing. That's, that's the risk you're taking with Shane Sharp, right? Because that's the swing the Blazers made there to get a real swing for a superstar, and that's why he's the he's maybe the biggest swing player upside only on the the Blazers roster. Like like I said at the top of this, like him him struggling is fine, fine. You can mitigate that pretty easily because they've got players in front of him at his spot, and he doesn't like have to play because of the way the roster works. But if he's good, he swings them like he swings them to a whole other level. Like he swings them to a whole other level and does it quickly. He speeds up the timeline. He speeds up like. Everything, everything about this season says like the Blazers are, you know, this season is the year they figure out what works and they're better and more like consistently competitive. And then next, you know, after the trade deadline and next summer is the year that they can like maybe really take one last true knockout punch style thing to get to get Dame a championship when he is still at the absolute peak of his powers or near the peak of his powers. Right. It says it's going to take a year. Like that's just the way the roster reads. It's the way it's the way that like the GM has kind of openly talked about it. But if Shaden Sharp is good right away, a big ask, quite frankly, for a 19-year-old who hasn't played much competitive basketball. But if he's good right away, or if he's good, like, even at Christmas, like, and, and you get going, you have the whole second half of the season, the last 50 games of the year with him being, like, a good NBA contributor, totally, totally reroutes the conversation, changes where you aim this year. Like, it's like, oh, we're going to be a pretty good playoff team. It's like, oh, we're we're good. Like, get us in the playoffs because we can beat folks in the first round. He elevates them from an interesting team to a legitimately very good one. Shaden Sharp is a fascinating, fascinating part of this. Because we, it's like, with these other guys, I can point to stats. I can point to moments. Like, I could say, like, Nas had a month last year where you kind of saw the, saw the vision. I don't know that we've seen the vision with Shaden Sharp. It is very abstract. So you know the kind of broad strokes, but we haven't seen it really happen. The vision is that he kicked ass in UIBL as a teenager. He was the best player, you know, the best player in his high school class. If he's good, he changes the calculus altogether. The last swing player I want to talk about. Blazers made the trade to get him. A veteran in Jeremy Grant, the best forward the Blazers have had on the roster since LaMarcus Aldridge left in the summer of 2015. Jeremy Grant's success and fit on this roster will likely dictate their altitude for me. For me, he's the guy who, his fit and his play will probably dictate how good this team really can be. Let's talk about him in the third segment to close the show. Still a pass versus point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked On Blazers. Still talking about swing players. Nazir Little will swing the outcome because he's that 3 and D hope. Shane Sharp could swing this team into a whole nother tier because if he's a star or he's a really good player, a really good offensive player early on with some like enough defense to stick, it changes the whole plan because then you get you are ahead of schedule. But the last guy and the guy who I really believe is a biggest swing player on Blazers roster is Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant is almost what he came out as. Uh, Jeremy Grant, uh, take that W out there, put it in the win column. Uh, 
Grant came over and he was kind of, you know, always coming here, it seems like. As soon as the Blazers, you know, started approaching the trade deadline, it seemed like Jeremy Grant was always going to come here one way or another, and now he's here. He's going to start at power forward. Uh, he's probably going to play minutes. I don't think it's a weird, like the roster doesn't really fit to have him minutes at the three right now, but I think he's going to play minutes playing sort of interchangeable both forward spots because that is less important than, than maybe some people putting emphasis on. And he's going to play minutes as a small ball five. He's also going to play the bulk of his minutes as not the offensive feature. And one of the reasons he left Denver, he was a really good role player in OKC, a really, really good role player in Denver, but he kind of reportedly left Denver for basically the same money because he wanted a bigger share of the of the offensive uh, load. He wanted to spread his wings. He wanted more responsibility. He wanted to be the guy, like the offensive focus on a team. And frankly... He was, he was like fine in that role. Like his, you know, he wasn't as efficient, but his efficiency didn't like totally drop off despite like a much, 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 much higher usage. Like, but despite having way more offensive responsibility, it's not like his, his, um, efficiency cratered. He was worse. Don't get me wrong. Like efficiency wise, not as good as he was in the small role, but to scale up as much as he did without losing much efficiency gives you some faith that Jeremy Grant really is a probably okay. It's just like, you don't want to give him a kajillion ISOs. He's not going to get a kajillion like mid-post ISOs in, in Portland. He's going to have a probably a tertiary and then, depending on the bench lineup, secondary role on offense. I don't think there will be many, although there could be, um, depending on how they deal with Damon Ant, many times when he's like the primary offensive guy. Uh, and I think that's best for Grant and best for the Blazers. When Jeremy Grant hurt his thumb in December, missed a bunch of time, came back in February, and by then, after that absence, uh, the Pistons had kind of shifted. Uh, his absence had allowed Sadiq Bey to kind of blossom. Uh, Cade Cunningham, after a slow start with the Pistons, really kind of found his footing the second half of the season and looked like, oh, this dude's a star in the making. Like, this, he's he's really got some juice. Like, he can play at least a very good point guard in the league, right? Uh, and when Grant came back, he had mostly a tertiary role. I would say, like, a secondary and tertiary role. There were some nights, like, he still had a 40-point game in the second half of the season. But there were more nights where he was playing fewer minutes, and he was, like, less of a focal point. He was the third option, or at least, like, Bay and Cunningham were going to get their reps first, and then you know, how it worked with Jeremy Grant down the stretch would be would be determined. But he had more of a role-player type role, more more similar to what he'll play with the Blazers. And he was good. Like, in, in that sort of quote-unquote tertiary role over the final 23 games before the, uh, he was shut down for the remainder of the season, uh, he averaged 18 points, three boards, two assists on 44% shooting, 38.6% from three, and 82% from the free throw line. Coming off the thumb injury, comes back, gets rolling, and averages 18-3-2. and two. Uh, He's, you know, he's not a great playmaker. And he's not a great rebounder. But Jeremy Grant is a versatile defender. Um, he's probably better guarding like-sized guys, like for my money. I know that, like, some of the advanced grades consider him this, like, elite help defender. I don't I don't view him as that. Um, that's my, that's an eyeball thing, not a numbers thing. Like, I view him as, if you get him on like-sized guys, he can, he can guard forwards um and which is exactly what the blazers need they desperately need someone who can guard that kind of like big apex wing type and and grant is decent at it um he's not like this elite stopper but he is an excellent kind of like you know ball right in front of me i can guard this dude in space type of defender uh he's got some help chops uh at least some of the advanced stats from b-ball index suggest that he can be a pretty disruptive help defender although again i don't necessarily see that when i watch the pistons uh, a team that i I enjoyed, quite frankly, really was a big Cade Cunningham supporter in the second half of the season. Uh, 
he's going to play some five. He'll get some minutes to be at those spots. And I think the Blazers believe that they have um, undersized rebounders like Nas and uh, Josh Hart and Justice Winslow, guys who, and Gary Payton, guys who rebound really well for their size that can kind of mitigate some of Grant's uh, rebounding woes and, and allow them to play small. He's going to play there. But he's the biggest swing player because they just haven't had a forward of this level. He's not going to run a kajillion pick and rolls with Dame, but they'll have a little bit of two-man game. Um, he can work off Nurk when Nurk gets it out of the high post as either a spacer to the corner or someone who works the baseline. He could even run some pick and ro- some weird four-five pick and rolls with Nurk. He can shoot it as you know he's 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 a, like a slightly above average three-point shooter on volume. The second half of the year, um, when he came back, he was an above average shooter on on a little bit of volume. Like he's he he is what they need as a complementary part on offense. He has a little bit of individual creation, so when things break down, you can swing it to him, unlike the Blazers forwards of the past. I think that's why Grant is like this enticing swing type of player. And on defense, he's, you know, he's your, him along with Gary Payton is the answer to a lot of the questions that that come up. How the hell do we guard this dude? Well, we'll try Jeremy on him first. Like that's, that's going to be the answer to a lot of questions. Like, uh oh, Kawhi Leonard. Uh oh, LeBron James. Uh oh, Luka Doncic. Like, okay, let's give let's give Jeremy a shot at it. You know, it's hard to guard good players in the league. Period. Ask anyone trying to guard Dame. Uh, you're gonna get got. But Grant is Grant is the if, good. Jeremy Grant is the key to the Blazers' success in so many ways. And unlike Sharp, who I think like you have a way to handle if it doesn't work out, just doesn't play. Like it's easy to mitigate. Why I started with Nas and ended with Jeremy Grant is because those dudes are gonna play. And they're the biggest swing players because they have to play. There are positions of need. They're going to play probably large minute roles and the Blazers are going to ask a lot of them. And if they're good, like the near the peak version of themselves as helpers, as uh, as role players. And if if they're elite in that role as role players or that 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 ask as like secondary guys, secondary tertiary guys, it pushes the Blazers ceiling. If Jeremy Grant hits 38% of his threes, scores 17 a game, uh, and plays really good defense, the Blazers have just, it just answers so many questions. Hey, what do we do at forward? I don't know. Jeremy could play 36 minutes. We'll figure out the rest. Like it, it just answers so many questions and pushes them to, um, us, uh, answers questions they haven't had answers to in the past, or if they had, okay, Alfred Camino or Mo Harkless goes there. Uh, but what do we do on offense, right? Like, or what do we do with the minutes where Dame's not on the court? Like, who else Who else can really score? Or when it was Carmelo Anthony, oh, he can score in this way, but man, he's going to get killed on the defensive glass and can't, and can't defend in space. The Blazers have had guys who can do one or the other. For the first time in theory, they have several forwards, albeit not like super big forwards, but Nas and Jeremy to begin with, who check that box as two-way, versatile defenders who can score a little bit, space a little bit, and defend a couple different spots. If Jeremy Grant fits, and he really is that like forward they've been searching for and comfortable as a guy who takes the third or sometimes fourth most shots on any given night, I think he'll take the third most if I had to over-under, but like someone who's not the first or the second option most times he's on the court at crunch time. If he's comfortable with that and can excel in being that defender, disruptor, third third option guy on offense who punishes teams who put their top two defenders on the ball and say, oh, you didn't have a third guy to guard Jeremy Grant. It, he pushes the Blazers into the stratosphere, the stratos- another stratosphere, right? He pushes them from, hey, this is a play-in team. They're going to be competitive. They're going to be right there too. This is a team that can battle for home court advantage. This is a team that can finish, you know, fourth, fifth in the West because they have these answers. If Grant isn't that I don't think the Blazers are sunk. The same way I don't think if Nas isn't quite there, if he doesn't take that next step, they're not sunk. 
they just go from being a team that's like 9-10 in the West if they struggle, and I think that's kind of a baseline for them, 9-10, like, that's just where they're going to finish if, period. But if they if they do have some steps, if they do have some guys take jumps, they do, we're assuming, like, good health, and, and, and guys take leaps, and if Grant fits, and if Nas, if Nas makes that jump, then they jump up in 4-5-6. If Shaden Sharp's a star, they jump even further than that. These are the biggest swing players in the roster. Nazir Little, Shaden Sharp, and Jeremy Grant. For my money, Jeremy Grant is the swing player. Jeremy Grant is the guy who's going to determine the Blazers' altitude more than any of the others because he's going to play a big-minute role. And if you are asked to play a big-minute role at a position of need, your performance will dictate so much of how good this team is. Can be. If you've got someone else you think is going to be a swing player, you can email me lockedonblazerspod at gmail.com or comment on the YouTube channel if that's how you consume this podcast. If you are consuming this podcast, it is a daily Trailblazers podcast at the end of July. You really like this team. So do me a favor and share it with a friend of yours who also really likes this team. Uh, the way people hear about podcasts is through word of mouth. You say, you know, hey, what do you listen to? You're a Blazers fan. Do you listen to any podcasts? Or, hey, I heard this on this podcast and it's how I stay up on the team. So if you like this show, and frankly, if you're listening this far, I think you do, or at least you're giving it a shot and I appreciate you giving it a shot. Tell your friends about it. Tell them to make it their first listen every day. That way y'all will have something to talk about when you get to lunch. Free on all platforms, five days a week, coming at you every weekday. Appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.